Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Welcome to the art of being you. Uh, We've had a great month so far of episodes, and today we're going to be kind of finishing up our month of episodes um, talking about parenting. But I think even if you don't have kids, this might be a great episode for you uh, to store away for the future, Um, you know, for whether you have kids in the future or to be able to be a good support system for the parents in your life. I do want to make a note, uh, if you have not already checked it out, I'm going to be speaking at a conference called Hope Arise the week of November 8th, and it is here in Oklahoma City. And I'm really, really excited about this conference. There's some incredible speakers. I'm actually deeply humbled to be uh, a part of the speaking team for this event. But we're expecting God to do some really incredible things. I'm expecting some pretty dramatic healings, um, pretty incredible breakthroughs, some um, great Uh, Probably some deliverances are going to happen. I'm assuming there's going to be some uh, lots of prophetic words, actually, knowing some of the speakers that are on the panel. It's going to be an amazing time. If you're looking for a conference to go to to get refreshed, I really want to encourage you to do that. Um, When you go to the Crestwood Vineyard website, uh, that's the church that's hosting the conference, you can actually enter the promo code Rachel Wartman, and that will give you a coupon for some money off of the price of admission Um, And I'd love to have you guys join us uh, for that. It's going to be awesome. All right. So let's dive into today. Last week, we talked about um, becoming yourself and about the process of becoming yourself. And we talked a little bit about what happens when the voices that shape our lives end up placing burdens on us that create this expectation of how to live that turns out to be contrary to how God wants you to live. So it kind of begs the question, what do our kids actually need from us? What do they need us to to do? How do we help them become themselves as quick as possible? I think most kids should be able to know who they are by the time they're in their early to mid-20s. I'm not going to say that that means that they don't have more development to grow into later. Of course they do. But, you know, we shouldn't be raising people who are 30, 40, 50 year old, 50 year olds still not knowing who they actually are. Um, and I want to kind of give you some some thoughts to include in your parenting for that. One of the big questions that we ask ourselves a lot is, what do our kids actually need? What do they really need from us? Because, you know, if you're like me, you recognize you're not a perfect parent. You know that you're not a perfect person. You know that, that there's things you're doing that are going to damage them. So what do they really need? My husband and I joke all the time that we, we need like a second, a second savings account that's just for our kids' future therapy, you know, and we're relatively healthy people. So it's important to note that nobody is escaping childhood unscathed. That's just probably not even a realistic thought. But we can do some things that really help our children emerge from childhood actually becoming adults. Did you catch what I said there? They actually emerge from childhood. How many people do you know that don't leave their childhood behind? They just are sort of like chronic children. They don't know how to handle the stress of life. They don't know how to handle the realities of life. They don't know how to handle themselves or be who they are because they're still little children. So we don't want that. So what do your kids actually need from you? The first and foremost, most important thing that I could ever tell any parent is this. 
The best thing your kids need from you is that you own your issues. When I was about 23 years old, I was sitting in a a meeting with my pastor at the time who had four kids and he told this story and I've never forgotten this story. Uh, I don't even think I had kids at the time when he said this, but it shaped how I parent. And he said, if you lose your temper at your children, you, you say, you know, you kind of lose your temper, say something mean, whatever. He said, it is what happens in most households is we, we just have a disruption in the relationship and then the parent withdraws and then the parent reemerges as if nothing happened. And he said, that's what causes damage because what you're doing is telling your kid when there's anger involved, I don't want you near me. And then we don't work to restore that relationship. In other words, it becomes an elephant in the room. And this is what he said. He said, if I lose my temper at my kid, it is my responsibility to go repent to that child and let them know that it was not their fault that I got mad, that I lost self-control, that they are not capable of making me do anything. Wow. I, I, I remember sitting there thinking, that is earth shattering. At that time, I couldn't think of any parent that I knew that did something like that. And I committed in that moment that that's how I want to be as a parent. I'm not saying that gives permission to to treat your kids badly, but I want them to understand that there's going to be days that I don't, I don't do things the way I want to do them. We've been doing this with our kids. We've been parents for almost 14 years, 14 years now. And uh, it's been mind-blowing how that's helped us actually repair relationship fr- uh, friction when it happens. So if I lose my temper, if I snap at a kid, if I, you know, I'm feeling really stressed and they're just being kids and it just feels annoying or whatever the case may be, it's my job to go to them and say, hey, look, I'm having a tough day uh, and that's not you. You know, I don't want you to feel like you are bad. I don't want you to think that you did something to make me angry. You know, you did this. I had an emotional reaction and I'm sorry for that. Our kids need us to own our issues. When we don't own our issues, we create this sort of gaslighting effect where we're like trying to help our kids have good character all the while ignoring the fact that our character is flawed. What we need to be doing instead is embracing a culture of grace where we all understand that we do make mistakes from time to time and that we're all on a journey of bettering ourselves. That just because we're adults, just because we're parents does not mean that we feel like we have it all figured out that we're still learning, we're still growing as well. I think this is really, really important for kids to understand. So we're going to own our issues. The second thing that we've got to do, what our kids really need from us, is they need for us to notice when they are um, experiencing dysregulation in their life. So you can go back and listen to the episode. It's a couple back about navigating your kids' emotions. And um that episode, we talked extensively about this concept, but your kids need you to attune them. In other words, they need you to help them regulate their emotions when they're feeling disrupted. Look, every day, it's a normal thing. We're not trying to make it to where they don't ever have a disruption. We're actually trying to help them find patterns of what to do when they have a disruption. So when our kids are acting out because they're upset, they're angry, whatever, There's something going on inside of them that's caused that. What happens in a lot of families is our kids start acting out and then we get triggered on our own stuff and we act out at them. And then we end up as two toddlers arguing instead of a parent and a child. What our kid needs in that moment is for the parent to recognize something's going on. 
I'm not saying we excuse their behavior. I'm saying we deal with their behavior after we've helped them come into regulation. So what this looks like is being able to say, hey, I can see that you're really upset right now. You know, can we talk about why? What's going on inside of you? And when we do this without attacking them, without demanding of them, but just being a good caregiver, usually it brings their defenses down a little bit and they can talk about it some. If that's not the case, then you can just tell them, look, you know what, I'm going to wait. We're, we're not going to talk about this until you can calm down a little bit and we can have a conversation. You know, what are you doing? You're helping them understand that, that there's a way through what they're feeling. And you're also setting a boundary on yourself that you're not going to enter into what they're doing with their emotions. You're going to actually be the parent in that situation. So we need to own our issues and we also need to help their, our kids own theirs. Do you see that that's what I'm talking about? By helping attune them, by helping bring them back to a state of like emotional peace, that's what we're doing. We're helping them recognize they have steps to take to restore their peace. The next thing that I think is super important is as parents, we give guidance. We don't nag. We don't nag. Proverbs has a lot of interesting things to say about the nagging wife, right? It's not It's not a pretty look. It's not a good look. And I think in our culture today, we've kind of like... Um, we've kind of like allowed the nagging thing to, to take over, like being a Karen, right? It's like, it's got, it's taken on a life of its own and it shouldn't. When we as parents nag our kids, we become this like habitual thought in their mind that they're not good enough. What should we do instead? Well, we should guide them, right? We should guide them. We should help them. So I'm not saying that they don't need consequences, but they need consequences that accurately reflect what real life is like. As we're parenting, we need to think about how they're going to be as 20-year-olds, how they're going to be as 30-year-olds, as parents themselves, and help them establish good thinking, critical thinking skills, and good emotional control right now. When we nag them, we're basically just saying, I'm never going to give you a consequence. I'm just going to make you feel bad about what you're doing all the time. That's not how real life works, right? If you don't ever put your dishes away, for example, eventually mold and bacteria will grow on them. That's going to lead to health problems. There's like real consequences for that. We want to make sure that they are experiencing that. On a side note, um, we're in this place, you know, I've got a 14-year-old, basically almost 14-year-old an 11-year-old, a 9-year-old, and a 4-year-old. So we're in the throes of adolescence and uh, preteen years. And it's been interesting because my kids are becoming their own people. And I love that about them. It's actually been a really, really endearing and fun phase of parenting. I'm, I'm, I'm actually really loving it. All the fruit and the all the work that we put in when they were small to do these types of things has really produced some pretty incredible preteen people. But they're really bad about leaving stuff all over the house, right? I'm sure your kids are too. Um, and because I have four of them, if everybody in the house leaves out two things, that's a lot of things. It's like 12 things around the house just with two. The average person, at least in my home, leaves out five or six things. So you can imagine the amount that we have in our life. And I've been trying to figure out a way to help them understand how to be responsible and follow through because they know they're supposed to do this, right? They know it. So I want them to understand that when someone has asked you to do something multiple times and you're just ignoring it as if it didn't happen, that becomes a problem. In the workplace, that's a problem. You could be fired, you know, in your marriage, that's a problem. So I want them to have like a good consequence that's, that's you know, 
measurably accurate to what that would be like in real life. Okay, so I'm not talking about they have to go do some sort of big giant thing. It needs to be proportionate to what they're actually doing. So this is what I came up with. I said, look, guys, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to make a star chart, but it's not going to be the star chart of your childhood where you do good things and you get like a star sticker and so many good things earns you a prize. I said, this is a backwards chart where um, I'm going to notice what you're leaving out and I'm going to give you stars each time I see your things that are not where they're supposed to be. So your bowl of cereal that you left with the milk in it on the counter when you went to school this morning and it's been out there and now it's dinner time and it's still there. Um, you're going to get a star for that. And after so many stars, then you're going to lose a day of screen time. Well, that got their attention. And it was funny because I told them, I'm just giving you a heads up that that system is coming unless you can take the grace I'm giving you in the next few days and actually follow through on what I've asked you to do. I'm not saying this is the way we parent in every single situation. And I'm sure some of you guys are thinking, well, you're the mom. It's your job to put your, you know, put, put her milk filled bowl away but it's not my job because I didn't eat the milk I didn't eat the cereal it's her job that's how I view it you know of course I do help them I am a mother I do clean up but I'm not going to be in their life every day my job is not to be their cleaner they got to learn those skills and so uh, my kids miraculously have been so good about putting their stuff away over the last few days I haven't even had to start the star chart yet my son Jack calls the star chart of death I don't have to start it yet because they're taking the grace to grow. So when we're looking at their life, we're giving them consequences. We're helping them understand how the world works. I'm not nagging them all the time. Put your bowl away, put your bowl away, put your bowl away. I'm just making it clear. Look, here's the rules. And when you don't obey them, there are things that happen. Healthy consequences are a good thing. We all experience them and we need to get comfortable with them. The last thing I'm going to tell you is that your kids need spiritual understanding from you. They do. They need spiritual understanding. They need you to help make sense of the things that they're encountering. We're in a time, as you know, where the influence, the, the prolific nature of the other influences from other religions, from the demonic, all this kind of stuff, it is so rampant that you cannot expect your child to not encounter it um, unless you are just extremely sheltered. Our personal family took the approach that that's not how we wanted. We wanted to raise our kids to be in the world and not of the world. And that requires a lot of conversation where we give them spiritual understanding. Sometimes they make mistakes. Sometimes they check out books that are really not honoring to God from the library. You know, I'm not saying they're perfect. But what I'm saying is when those things happen, instead of nagging them, instead of going off on them, instead of feeling like their future is over as believers, we use that as an opportunity to explain how God works and what he does, how the kingdom of God works, how the kingdom of darkness works, so that they can make their own decisions. We do this when they're watching TV shows, right? And there's a couple kissing on a TV show. So usually it's like one kiss kind of thing on a, on a preteen show. But that's like the beginning where, you know, as you get older, then it gets way worse. So we're teaching them how to navigate that now, how to understand you know, where that falls in the big spectrum of all the things they can be exposed to. When we give our kids spiritual understanding, not just not just rules, not just like you should do this, don't do that. When we give them the reasoning and the understanding behind it, we actually equip them to make their own decisions. And usually they will make good decisions. Let me leave you with this thought. What you do is a hundred times more important than what you say. So how you attune your kids, how you own your issues, uh, 
how you give guidance or if you're nagging, how you set healthy consequences for their life, how you give them spiritual understanding, all of this, what you are actually doing in your own life is a hundred times more important than what you're saying about these things. If you are secretly watching a whole bunch of stuff that you shouldn't be watching, but you're telling your kids that they're not allowed to watch stuff, then what you're doing is creating a double standard and they're going to find out. And when they find out, everything that you've said will come crumbling down because they'll know you didn't really believe it. You could say, well, what do you mean I didn't believe it? Listen, we do the things that we believe, right? We don't do things that we don't believe in. It's just how it works. And they know it. It's like a principle of life. What you do comes out of what you think and and what you believe. So if we're saying something and doing another, we're actually not believing what we say. Our kids know it. Your family knows it. This is important. What you do is a hundred times more important than what you say to them. When you demonstrate that you can own your issues, guess what? They will start to own their own. When you demonstrate that you can give guidance without nagging, you guessed it, they will learn how to be shapers of the culture around them and not just criticizers. When you demonstrate how to have, uh, how to, you know, accept the healthy consequences to the stuff that they're doing, when you do that in your own life, when you're not griping about it, when you're not pitching a fit about it, when you're not complaining about it, they learn that because you're doing it because you believe it. And obviously, you can't give spiritual understanding that you're not actually obeying, right? It's kind of like like the definition of being hypocritical to tell your kids to do something that the Bible says to do when you yourself don't do it. This is what your kids need more than anything. They need you to be owning your life. They need you to be living from your spirit. They need you to be doing what you say so that you can help them become healthy adults who eventually emerge out of childhood and light this world on fire for Jesus. Until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.